What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Hypersensitive Podcast. I'm your host, Chrissy Mazaliski, and today we have a exciting episode with a friend of mine and an absolutely phenomenal swimwear brand, Georgie Apparel, and I'm going to be in conversation with Miss Georgina Thompson herself. So I wanted to do a little intro before we get into the episode today, and... We're going to talk about all kinds of things. We're going to talk about being an entrepreneur, where she grew up, having ADHD, of course. And we're going to talk about some of the effects of social media when you're trying to build a brand and what that looks like. So I hope you all stay tuned and thank you so much for listening. Georgina Thompson is the founder of Georgie Apparel, a custom-made swimwear company based in beautiful Vancouver, Canada. Georgina is a passionate advocate for instilling confidence, collaboration, and sustainability into each and every perfectly unique handmade garment that graces your body. Georgina has created more than just a brand. She's built a community. By involving people like you in immersive experiences such as photo shoots, fashion shows, and social branding, she has cultivated a following of devoted individuals who are wholeheartedly supporting her mission. And today, we have the incredible opportunity to dive into the brand and discover the remarkable woman behind the stunning bathing suits. We'll explore the story, the inspiration, and the journey that brought Georgina to where she is today. So sit back, relax, grab yourself a Mai Tai, or however you say it, or a Bellini, or a Pina Colada, whatever you drink on the beach, and get ready to embark on a journey of style, creativity, and empowerment of Georgie Apparel. (laughs) Welcome back to the Hypersensitive Podcast. I'm your host, Chrissy Mazaliski, and today we are doing a conversation with Miss Georgina Thompson. Welcome to the show! Thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. I'm so happy that you're here. Tell us where you're from. Where are you from originally? Where did you go to school? Uh, So I was born and raised in Vancouver. It's pretty rare nowadays to find people who stick around. Um, And I went to school kind of all over the place. And I went to university at BCIT. I guess not university. It's an institute. (laughs) It's okay. Uh, I didn't go to university at all. So here we are. Yeah, I just I'm I a took podcaster. a <laughs> Well, I I don't know. I I don't really think that it's necessary to go to post secondary. Like I really don't because I feel no. like I've learned so much more on my own and from YouTube University. <laughs> totally autodidact, teaching yourself how to do things, and I think that. Maybe the pressure is still there from a lot of parents, but I think that's starting to go away a little bit, um, forcing kids to go to school when we learn so much hands-on and from each other now. Like there's so many resources available, even online and through each other. And it seems like a lot of people are running their own businesses online now. Yeah, and I I hope that employers also see the value of of someone being self-taught as well because I feel like I'm so much more skilled now than graduating university yeah absolutely just from like all the life experience you have like real hands-on work experience yeah yeah and like yeah for example for accounting I took like four accounting courses and I had no idea how to work an accounting program because we didn't use one in school we did everything on paper but um like it didn't help me at all with my business like I literally had to get people that I knew in my life and just like kind of took little bits from everybody and then I feel like 
this year was really big for like that financial side of learning. And that was like a really big jump for me this year to really dive in deep because I really hate that part of it. <laughs> yeah, I, um, I hear you. I hear that. For yeah, sure. but it, it's like it's satisfying in the end, like when you get the end result, like you finished your budget and you're like, oh, yeah, like it looks great. Everything's figured out. And then the like the process to get there and like all the logic that has to go in it is yes. like not not my forte. There's so many technical <laughs> aspects of being an entrepreneur. I think most people think that it's, you know, I'm just gonna, uh, I'm just gonna just make, she makes garments. I'm just gonna make the garments and I'm just gonna open like an online shop and they will sell. And it's like, there are so many other aspects and so many other expenses to being an entrepreneur. Did you, did somebody in your family like run their own business? How did you even know how to get started? Um, growing up, I guess that question that you ask, uh, little kids, like, what do you want to be when you grow up? And mine was, I wanted to be a singer <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and I cannot sing at all. Sing. I think I was just like inspired because I have singers in my family and I found out by lots of people telling me that I cannot <laughs> sing at all. That's <laughs> Not hilarious. at all. That's amazing. Um, so I guess looking back, there are some like instances of like, oh, that could have inspired me. Like I used to make clothing for my teddy bears and stuff with my mom. Oh, that's interesting. So yeah. your mom sewed. Yeah, my mom sewed. Yeah. She, she didn't, uh, she didn't really sew kind of, uh, when I was a teenager, she kind of stopped. Um, and then basically hasn't really sewn since I was like maybe 13. Interesting. Um, but, uh, yeah. And like the, the, the highest grade I had in school was like 99% in sewing class. So it kind of made sense. <laughs> and did you put those things together? No, um, I was really into uh, graphic design at the time. So I kind of focused on that. I even took like a special graphic design. Um, they called it an ACIP program. And it was like the, your whole afternoon was all just for media arts. It's supposed to like accelerate you into that field. And that didn't work out. <laughs> and I also- We well, try things. Well, part of it too was like, it was a two-year program. And um, and in the second year, I was offered to go to Germany for my grade 12 year. Right. So I, I couldn't even continue to finish the course anyways. But yeah, that just wasn't for me. And like, I also really liked- programming and stuff like I I was like self-taught how to like code websites and stuff oh my god so did you build um, your own website too eventually? yeah yeah in high school I had a couple websites um it's kind of embarrassing but they were for cats <laughs> and it was based on this book series and like everybody that was like nerdy and super into the books all had their own website oh interesting. and then we all taught each other how to code okay those websites crazy like you'd go on to like somebody's website that you found and then you would be like hey I love your website can you teach me how you did this and then sometimes you'll get like sure here's the code or or try looking this up or whatever like it yeah. was just amazing and wow. it was kind of embarrassing because it was like <laughs> it was like you would make your your cat character in the story oh wild okay like like for example like, quite like it Harry Potter, you'd you'd have a you'd make your own student that goes to the school of Hogwarts. Oh my god! So you'd have a cat that was like part of the the story. Wow, that's actually probably 
quite helpful. I mean, now we're- It was so helpful for like what I do now. Because I do all my website stuff. I do most of my graphic design except for like the prints and stuff. Thanks, Christine. And Shout out, Christine. <laughs> I cannot draw for the life of me. That was the other thing with graphic design is I cannot draw. And if you want to get into graphic design, it's I feel like it's essential nowadays to be able to at least draw a little bit. Like I right. can't draw even a little. <laughs> but No singing, the- <laughs> no drawing. <laughs> you tried singing, drawing. Creating website, but it sounds like a lot of these things, maybe other than the singing, it sounds like a lot of these things were going to like be important. They were going to come into importance and be valuable for what you were yeah. actually going to do. But at, at the time, like it was not obvious for sure. Yeah. Um, and then just, like, collecting all of these skills. Yeah. Which is like, you know, I guess where ADHD comes into, it's like, oh, I've learned this thing. Now moving on to the next thing to learn. Yeah, you're <laughs> and like, I never... I'm bored or I got to try something else. Yeah. Or, oh, this is also interesting. I'm going to put this down and start focusing on this and then come back to this later. Yeah. And I never like really got, like, I never got really good at anything. Right. It was just like, I'm I'm pretty good at that. I'm okay at that. I'm all right at that. I'm good at that. I'm good at that. I'm good at that. Yeah. But not like wow, she's, like, really good at scrapbooking, you yeah. know, like, yeah. <laughs> which was a phase. <laughs> one, of the, one of the many phases. Well, it sounds, like, very, like, creative and, like, a lot of hands-on stuff that you really found worked for you and that you really enjoyed. Yeah, and it definitely, like, all, all of it plays a role, like, even – um, as a kid, when you, when you do those like coloring things and then you cut all the shapes out, like I do that for my patterns. Like I have to do that still as an adult. And every time I do it and I'm like, wow, I feel like I'm at an arts class as like a nine year old or something. That's gotta be fun and like really joyful to do as an adult. You're like, I get to create and I get to craft for a living. This is really fun. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Love it. How did you transition because you didn't always make bathing suits how did that transition even happen and how did you start doing it full-time um I guess along the lines of what we were saying where I was kind of hopping to crafts different crafts and I got really into crochet when um my mom got divorced and we we like ran away together (laughs) and so we needed something to like do on um, I don't want to be too dark, but we, like we had to go to the hospital. It's never a lot. too dark. <laughs> we, I had to like go to the hospital with her a lot at the time. Um, and there was a lot of waiting around, so I was like, let's do something while we're sitting here on these long waits. So I bought some crochet and some hooks, and she knew like the basic stitches. Yeah, just from her childhood, and so she taught me while we're sitting in the hospital. <laughs> Wow. And then I got really into crochet and I crocheted for like, I think a year and a half or two years. And then I made a bikini out of crochet and it was horrible. Oh, I was going to be like, that sounds so (laughs) sick and gorgeous. No, it was really bad. Yeah. It was a first try. Yeah. But I was, I guess I was fed up with how slow it was and I was ready for the next thing. Yeah. (laughs) And so um, I dusted off my mom's old sewing machine. And was like, okay, well, let's try this because I was good at it when I was 13 in sewing class. So it must still be in there somewhere. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) And then uh, I just got really addicted to it and I started making all sorts of stuff, um, mostly crop tops. 
because at the time it was like really trendy and it was hard to find crop tops that would fit my bus size right. and my band size. And um, and then I, I had a craft page, which was my original Georgie Apparel Instagram page. And I was posting like all my crochet stuff. And Oh, I, I don't even... Do I remember that? I'm like, I feel like I've seen some crochet things, but maybe that was even in the earlier days before we met. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure when... When I took everything down and officially yeah. <laughs> changed over. Uh, but where was I going? This is ADHD kicking in. I know. There's two ADHD people here and this is the best. <laughs> um, you were talking about how you got into it. So you dusted off the... Oh, yeah. Sewing machine. Yeah. So I was working with stretchy fabric, which was something that my grandma and my mom and basically everyone else that sews in my life was like, uh, no, like stretchy fabric is really hard to work with. Like like don't even bother blah 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 it's really hard like and I was like are you are you sure like you don't have any tips at all like nothing and they were just like got nothing girl I have no clue good luck yeah good luck yeah basically so I was like were you like I'm gonna go on the internet I'm gonna figure this out yeah and at the time like now is actually quite different there's so much content on YouTube but at the time I think it was just two girls maybe it was lagoon designs and edgewater avenue and they were the only ones i think that had any kind of swimwear tutorials wow just the two in english there was some in other languages but you're like okay <laughs> i was... can kind of watch and learn but like i don't know what they're saying yeah, so i exactly. can't figure out the rest <laughs> so basically i i spent uh part of the year that i was crocheting just just researching and watching videos of people making swimwear and like researching what kind of fabric what what elastic do I need what thread do I need how does it all work and then finally I had the courage to be like okay let's let's just make a bikini I have a trip coming up let's just do it let's just make it and I lived in a really tiny apartment at the time so I like had it all set up in my kitchen and um I think it took all day because I was just like ripping things apart and (laughs) just really hack job the suit together but it was actually the best suit that I'd ever put on like it was it just like it was my favorite color it fit my body perfectly and like I'd never had a tube top that fit and that's what I wanted to make I'm like I'm gonna make a tube top that like can fit your bust and like stay up yeah and you know that's like I think what was really interesting when they started, when they stopped making bikinis that were sold as a set, like I feel like that was all that you had when you were younger. And even when I was a teenager, I'm pretty certain it was all just a set. Yeah, you couldn't buy anything. You couldn't pick a separate bottom from top and you're like, okay, well, I'm not the same size on my upper and lower body. So that's where customization can be so important to feeling good in your body too. Yeah, and for some of us, there's no other option. Like, yeah. I can't, like, and I tried. I tried to squeeze into sizes too small. And it just makes you, it, you, like, internalize how how uncomfortable you are. And then it, like, creates this, like, icky, like, self-doubt and discomfort and, and um, self-consciousness. Yeah. So when you feel, when you wear something that makes you feel good, you internalize that and then you're more confident and you can go out into the world and and yeah ask ask for things that you need and yeah that confidence comes from like how you feel and if you feel you look good and you feel great in what you're wearing and you're not bothered by like 
things digging in and being uncomfortable and squishing parts of your body that you don't want to be squished. And you can go out and just be comfortable and just be you. And you're like, I feel good. I look good. And I can just show up. Yeah, exactly. Like that's, that's what that first suit gave me was like, wow, this is the first time I felt anything like this in a swimsuit. And it's so important to me personally, because I love being in the water. I love being around water. I just, and, and to have something negative come with me to the water all the time, it kind of like takes away part of the happiness that water gives me. And now I can completely enjoy it fully. That's amazing. Yeah. I love that. I love that too. So that was your first (laughs) bathing suit. And then were you just like, I'm going to make more for myself or I'm going to make some and I'm going to like start a brand? Like how did that continue? Yeah. So I was, when I came back from Mexico, I was just so obsessed with what was I going to make next. And I think the second thing I made was the Georgie Monokini, which is still in my store, which is amazing because it's the second thing I ever made. Um, and an I, I traced it from a piece of lingerie. Really? And it went through a lot of iterations. <laughs> and that one I took to Hawaii and it just, it was... It was so cool. It had like that infinity kind of you can tie it however you want. Wow. And, um, it, yeah, I made that one. Actually, I wanted to go to Vegas and I was like, what's the sexiest? But like, I don't know, most me thing that I could possibly wear to Vegas. That's and that's so what I, I saw on the Internet. I kind of my my thing. I guess I do that a bit now, but my thing is to take inspo from a bunch of things and then take all my favorite parts of all the suits and all the inspirations and then put them into and make the perfect. Yes. And that was, that was the Georgie Monokini. I like this. I I want to be able to have ties on this. I want to try this. That's the coolest thing about being able to, again, customize your suit. It's like, it fits my body and I can have all the elements that I love in a bathing suit that I might not have been able to wear before. That is so, so sweet. And then on top of that, like us Instagram girlies, we like to take lots of pictures on vacation. Yeah. And having a reversible suit or a multi-way suit, it looks like you're wearing something different all the time, even though you just have the one. Yeah, it's and so that's versatile. Like really good for pictures. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I love that. Mm-hmm. I love that. So you made this amazing bathing suit to go to Las Vegas and you were like, I cannot wait to come back and see what else I can design. Yeah. And at the time I was really obsessed with, well, I still am Moana bikini and their suits are quite expensive. And at the time it was way out of my budget. And I was like, I gotta have their suit. Like I love, there was like this one style with braided, braided straps. And so I made that one. That was my third Sounds suit. stunning. And then my, so my first person that I made a suit for was my cousin and she really loved the Georgie Monokini. Like she was obsessed. She's like, can you make me one? And I was like, I don't know how, like, I don't know how to make, like, I don't. For somebody else's body. Yeah. And I didn't own any sewing patterns. Like I, at that point I had just been like tracing old suits and manipulating them. And I was like, I don't know how to make your size. Like I. Like, and then I was like, oh, maybe I'll borrow one of your suits and and trace it because that's what I do for mine. So that's what I did for hers to size up her Georgie Monokini and then tried to like apply the same 
method. Method, but yeah, that one had to definitely go through go through a lot of um, alterations just to like I I didn't think about torso length. Like she has a very long torso, so I was like, right, oh, like you know, and and you just kind of learn as you go and. You're like, oh, that's important, right? Yeah, you learn through. <laughs> People like, have different yeah. lengths this way too. <laughs> totally, and you're like, okay, that makes sense. Obviously, like, there's bust size, there's waist, and you're like, oh yeah, right. Yeah, even I like the, what we were talking about the the gusset, <laughs> the gusset size. Oh my god, <laughs> I I feel like I've heard this before, and I'm not even going to mention. It was a Kardashian thing, and I didn't want to bring them up on my channel, but it was like <laughs> about the gusset size. It was. Not everybody has the same size gusset for a bathing suit. Some are wider, some are more narrow. And I have come to appreciate being able to customize that aspect because it just makes your bathing suit fit better and more comfortable and swimming easier. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. And then so after my cousin had one, then an, a girl from work, because I was a flight attendant, and one of the flight attendants that I worked with was like, saw me in my monokini and she's like oh i need one of those <laughs> and i was like okay so you think i made it for for like i don't know 40 bucks or something like just pay for a fabric and like yeah know, whatever um and then that was awesome that fit perfectly that's amazing and i was like oh you're like i'm good at this <laughs> i'm like actually good at doing yeah. this <laughs> wow i can do something really well <laughs> what's happening <laughs> this is awesome yeah and then um, I don't know, just kind of like people just started like talking at work and it was mostly flight attendants. Um, cause you were I a think, flight attendant. Yeah. So, yeah. So I think that first year that was 2019, that whole year I was getting orders from flight attendants and I didn't have a brand or anything special. Like, I don't even think I had like a really, really old serger and I was kind of half using it and half using my regular machine. And you should really be using the serger the whole time. <laughs> Those old suits. I, I hope no they're still, I hope they're sense. still together. I hope all the seams <laughs> are still holding up. Uh, and then in November, I met a flight attendant whose mom was a, like a brand, brand marketer or something like that. And she told me to talk to her mom and just say like just brainstorm with my mom like she loves this stuff and I was like okay so we had some emails back and forth and she sent me this list of questions about branding and I'm like oh what what could I call myself what what symbols represent me yeah what, like just like all this stuff if my brand was a person what would her name be what would she do what's her life like yes just all this stuff and then it got me thinking like could this actually be a thing could this be like, I'm charging people under the table for just creating a bathing suit. Could I make this a company? Could other people be interested? It's like, yeah. Yeah. And then on top of that, which is really cool, is that um, I've always, I've always wanted to be an entrepreneur because my mom, she had a gymnastics facility um, for many years. So she was the entrepreneur of the family. Okay. And I always wanted to ma make a positive um, impact on the community and I I just never found the right thing that I wanted to like I was I always had entrepreneurship on my mind like what could I do like what and I just was never really good really really good at anything well so, you were trying so many different things and it sounds like you're really creative and you're like how can 
my creativity somehow impact people mm-hmm. in a community? How can I be a business owner? Like, what does that translate to? You just can't picture it yet before it it pictures you first. So I, I played around with a lot of names. Most of them had already been taken. And that was like really frustrating. I think Tessellate Swim was one of my first ones. Tessellate Swim. Yeah, I think that was one of my first ones. What's the meaning of that? Tessellate is like uh, making triangle shapes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and triangles, bikinis, you know? Yeah, But of somebody course. already had it. I was like, oh, I like, thought that was so unique. Yeah. It's, I'm like, I wouldn't even think of that. Yeah. But there's always somebody who has your handle or has your name and it's like, damn it. I know. Um, and then... My grandma, she, I never got to meet her. She's my mom's mom. And she passed away when my mom was really young. But she kind of was, we kind of joke about it, but she's kind of reincarnated through me because she was super creative and she had a little macrame studio in Vancouver and people would come in and she'd teach lessons and sell her stuff. And, um, and there's just lots of things in my life growing up that my mom's like, oh, my mom used to do that. You know, just like weird kind of synchronicity. Yeah. And like yeah. So common. I kind of always felt like like she gets to live part of her the rest of her life through me a little. That's beautiful. And so one of the possibilities was to name it after her. And her nickname was Georgie. And my nickname is Gina. We're both Georgina. Got it. But she's Georgina with a G. And my mom changed mine to J just to make so mine, you know, have my own. So I have my own name. Yeah. Uh, so then I combined both the J and her nickname. So it's named after her. I've never, ever in my life gone by Georgie. And it's so weird to have people, people call, call me. you that now. Yeah. That's what I would call you. I'm like, Georgie. Yeah, it's super weird. That's so interesting. Yeah, yeah, I thought that was like one of the first like kind of weird things about naming it that. <laughs> yeah, because people are going to call you. This. Yeah, they're, they're like, oh, that's your name. Well, yeah. it's Georgina. So it's like Georgie, Georgie Apparel. Yeah. Um, and then luckily there's only one other Georgie that comes up when you Google. So I thought that was good. There's like a celebrity in the UK. I think she was like a reality TV star. Okay. Georgie Porter, I think her name is. What up, Georgie Porter? <laughs> Uh, and that's that I thought that kind of like fit. And then, um, I was at work one day flying and, uh, one of the flight attendants, she was really, um, she had a really unique personality and she was giving everybody on the flight nicknames. (laughs) And so she started calling me Georgia Peach. Oh, interesting. And I was like, oh, that's so cute. Like, nobody's ever called me that. Like, that's really cute, Georgia Peach. It is adorable. Even oh though, God. like, I'm not Georgia, but it's still, like, she's just was fooling around and just called me that for, like, the whole week that we were flying. And and then I started noticing, like, oh, I have actually had a lot of, like, peach stuff happen in my life. Like, like in Germany, I was totally obsessed with peach iced tea. And, like, that's the only thing I would drink. And, like, just... Just little things like that here and there. and Yeah. Um, There's like all these synchronicities with this work. Yeah. And then like the state of Georgia is famous for their peaches. They've got peaches on the mm-hmm. on the license plate. Like I just, I never thought about Georgina and peaches together before that. <laughs> and you're like, this makes sense. Yes. Something is working here. Yeah. Just everything's just falling into place. Yeah. And then that was, yeah. So that. And then I asked my friend, uh, Monica, to handwrite um, Georgie, 
because I wanted it to be handwritten and I asked a bunch of people and nobody got back to me about writing Georgie. Like doing it like calligraphy style. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like I think I asked like five or ten people to do it and she was the only one that actually came out and and, like sent me something. It seems like such an easy thing. Yeah. So thanks, Monica. You're the best. (laughs) Uh, And then she drew... Um, some little peaches and then I sent that to my partner's brother and he's a graphic designer and an artist and he digitalized it and then condensed it into one peach and then that's just been my logo since and I haven't changed it and that was December 2019 wow so then you were also flying you're a flight attendant and then 2020 hits and everybody's going through COVID and then you decide to switch careers. Uh, it wasn't a switch because I was you laid off doing April it. 1st. Okay. And I was already doing it. Like I was already sewing on the side. And uh, my plan in December was to launch in April 2020. So I just Okay, like, so that continued. was already the plan. Yeah, it was already the plan. That's kind of amazing <laughs> how that all sort of fell in line. Yeah, it was a it was kind of a blessing in a way. It COVID was horrible for me (laughs) generally, but it was a blessing in the way that it allowed me to have all this time to really develop my sewing skills very quickly. Yeah, absolutely. When everybody was sort of in like this quieter state, you know, things were slowed down in a way that if you wanted to pick up something new or practice something, you had that time to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm definitely thankful for that time that I had. And, and also I saved a lot of money so I could buy because of just like how all the finances and stuff worked with yeah. being laid off. I saved enough money to upgrade my machine and it was just like, it just changed the game. Like I think it used to take me four or five hours a suit because my machine was so old and blah. And now it takes me like an hour and a half, including wow. sewing all the like the the tags on and stuff. That's such a huge like time saver. Yeah. Yeah. And it keeps my prices more reasonable too. Cause, right. Because it's you, time. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And you can make more suits, you know, in a day. Yeah. Yeah. Like for my mental capacity, four is kind of my max. But if I push myself, I can make more. But four is like a healthy like eight hour work day with yeah. lots of breaks and food and <laughs> yeah and, and enjoy your craft and not you know yeah yeah not stress overwork yourself exactly yeah. yeah that's amazing yeah so you also use sustainable fabrics is that something you wanted to have as a like a component of your company you wanted to be sustainable um I actually didn't know that it existed when I first started developing like my launch strategy and all this stuff Um, I didn't know that there was fabric that was made from like plastic bottles or ocean plastics or anything like that. And then there was a brand in Calgary in Edmonton that we followed each other and she was, she was closing her business and she made, she made handmade swimwear and she was closing her business to do manufacturing Hmm. because she's like, oh, it's too much work to make everything by hand. I'm just going to get it all manufactured. And so she was getting rid of all her fabric. And when I got it and the tags was like, oh, made from 
recycled or regenerated nylon from fishing nets from the Mediterranean. Like, learn more. And I was like, what? You're like, I can do this? Excuse me, what? This is a thing? <laughs> this is amazing. Like, how did I... And, and this was like a month in, I think maybe a month or less into my launch. So this was April 2020 that I found out about this fabric. And I was okay. like, oh, I could have done my whole line out of this. I totally would have. And then she also told me where she bought it from, which was super nice. Oh, that's super And now great. this is my supplier in Quebec. Like That's right. I don't get my fabric from anywhere else, like my solids. That's it's cool. all from, from Quebec. That's awesome. And mm-hmm. does it, I guess, does it come overseas? And yeah. Then- so, so the Quebec uh, supplier, she orders it directly from the manufacturer in Italy. Amazing. Yeah. And she's one of two in North America. So there's solid stone in the states and then she's got her her small business and like she's she's a female entrepreneur too so and it's like a family business she took it over from her dad i got to meet her uh, on one of my trips and it was just really cool to like have this full circle like supporting other entrepreneurs and other women i think that's one of the biggest things too especially in the beginning stages of your career having um you know a network of people and 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 working it into the the culture of of young entrepreneurs and and like helping people along and not like gatekeeping information yeah, and just yeah. like being open and sharing because ultimately everybody has their own personality and their own style and they're going to do it differently so it's really cool to see other women helping other women yeah yeah it's interesting about the gatekeeping there's definitely kind of a balance and there's a lot of thought for sure that goes into what what am I going to give away right because there's also trade secrets if I give it away will it will it hurt me in any way like will it take something away from me and most of the time no there's so many especially in the states and along like the California coast there's so many handmade swimmer brands like so many and like there's just there's enough pe- like the reason why they all exist is because there's enough people to to support them all. That's right. You know, there's a lot of people in the world, and yeah, there's there's not too many of us. Even though it can feel like that sometimes, you're like, damn, there's so many. Yeah, and you can start to like go down the rabbit hole and look at everybody's websites and see what they're doing, and it's yeah, I, th- I think it's a uh, it's a good thing to like recognize that there are a lot of people and there's enough people to support whatever you want to do like whatever niche you're gonna do yes or or whatever very special skill that you have if you want to pursue that and you love that you 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 should and you can because there's enough people and there's enough people to support you absolutely and there's Mm -hmm. people that will want to support you for you um there's again lots of people doing things in the world but there's something unique that each of us have yeah. that's different than the next person. So there's room for everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Have you ever got in your head about it and and thought or like looked at other like on Instagram or social media and like went down that road and. Yeah. Uh, like how much should I say <laughs> without naming names? Yeah. Um, there's one brand that I used to compare myself heavily to and I definitely had a lot of um a lot of dark moments being like why don't I 
have the same amount of followers or why don't I have more followers? Like I started my business first. Yeah. Like I'm doing all this work. Like I post on social media every day, like all this stuff. And I was putting all this work in and I'm just looking at her page. Like she posts once a year and she still has more followers. Like even now I'll look, go look it up and she still does. And you're like, it's she, growing. How does this make she posted sense? Make one it makes last sense. Year. Like, <laughs> like, um, so in those situations, you just have no idea what's going on behind the scenes. Yeah, absolutely. Like, you don't know if she's in follow groups. You don't know if she's bought followers. You don't know if it's just a big wave of people from a very popular neighborhood in India or something. Like, there's always something like that that happens. Yeah. Like, you just, you don't know. And there's no point in comparing. And there's no logical sense that you can make out of it yeah and it was so it was really causing me a lot of unnecessary stress and so that's that's one thing about social media is you have to remember that you are also the curator of your feed yes and so when I come across account an account that makes me feel that way I either mute if I still want to you know maintain some kind of a relationship or or you just unfollow yeah absolutely just clean up your feed and see only what's going to it oh absolutely i do that probably maybe every six months every three months a few times a year at least where i just like go through my followers uh, or go through my like who i follow Mm -hmm. and i'm just like oh this doesn't resonate with me anymore or Mm -hmm. like i just was one night scrolling through all these like different like clothing sites and then i'm like okay I have been spending too much money on clothes. I'm like unfollowing all yeah, of these I did things. That too. I'm like, I yeah. just need to like clean this up because it's it's mm-hmm. too much. Or if there's just people that you you know you fucked with before, and then now you're like, you know what? I don't necessarily love this point of view anymore. I'm gonna I'm gonna unfollow this or or mute it. And it's just yeah, yeah. cleaning up. Yeah, I've had I've had accounts like you you're you admire them, and you're like, oh, I want to work towards having that life and then now when I see stuff like that on my feed I'm like oh that's not that's not my goal anymore I don't need to be following this yeah absolutely. like it just makes me it it doesn't make me sad that I'm not pursuing that anymore but it's like it's a path that I chose not to go down yeah and, absolutely. and I would like to leave it behind and, it's and I can't when it's just constantly coming up. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And it like affects you. Like if it's the first thing that you see in your day, because we all check social media probably during the daytime mm-hmm. and it affects our mood. And if we're having these highs and lows in our mood because of the way that our feed is being presented to us, we have the power and the ability to to make changes to that. So um, for our, all of our mental well-being. Yep, definitely big part of self-care. Remember to add that to your routine. Yeah, absolutely. As far as community that you've built online, you have a huge following of, of, of women and how you have a unique way and a unique approach to how you've gotten your followers. Some of them have found you, but most of these people have actually like you've met them in person and you've involved them in some way in the company, which is really special. Yeah. Like that part is so like, uh, it's. It's just a huge part now of why I, I keep going. Like if there's any hurdles and I'm like, why am I still doing this? Why am I putting all my money towards this? 
like that's that's why is like all the incredible people that I've met yeah through through that and and you know you always hear in Vancouver it's hard to make friends and meet people and find people that are like-minded and stuff and I think that this is people that will show up and not flake yeah and I think that this is this is one way for people to do that and and I'm so glad that I can be the one to 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 continue growing that and having opportunities for people. Yeah. Well, it's like, it's a mutual relationship, which is really special. And I think that is one of the key elements to being successful is we can't just think about things uh, from our own selfish perspective. You grow organically in business or otherwise, because you're offering people something that, that leaves them feeling either like they've gotten more education out of it or leave them with a feeling. And I think you very much leave people with a feeling and it helps you grow and it also helps them. And it's, it's really empowering for people to come and like model for you and feel good in what they're wearing. That's, that's a huge confidence boost. I think for a lot of people from conversations I've had, whenever there's photo shoots that go Mm -hmm. on and like you invite these people into your life and then they feel more connected to the brand. Like they know you. Yeah, I think how that kind of started was I wanted to show, I wanted to have the photos of my brand be relatable. Like that was a huge thing. Like I wanted someone to go to my page and be like, oh, that kind of looks like me or that kind of looks like my friend or or I could see myself in that situation doing that thing yeah. or being silly in that way or whatever it is. And and I wanted real people. Like I wanted people that, like I love shooting with people who've never shot before because they're just being themselves. Yeah. There's no there's no acting. There's no choreo- choreography. It's just raw. It's natural. Like I love capturing that and and having that to display my product because that's that's who I'm selling to. I'm selling I'm selling to you. I'm making these things for you and. And you need to see yourself in my swimwear as well. Absolutely. And it's so incredible to see women feel good in what they're wearing and be that exposed in a bathing suit in swimwear and show up and feel sexy and like Mm. want to like be in it, pose and like be involved and feel like they can be a part of that. And it's, it's tough at times because we do, we scrutinize our bodies, but if we can see people that look like us and we can wear clothing that fits good and makes us feel good, then we can show up and feel good and, and, and show that mm-hmm. to the world. Yeah. I'm so glad you've been a part of it. You've I have. It's been amazing. It. It's been Christy such a was part of my spring 2021 shoot. I think that's the first time we met. Uh, oh, no, no. You came over to try the suit on before. Yes. That's when we met. That is when we met. Um, but yeah, that and, was but incredible. I, already, I love That's the photos. thing, too. But I also, like, you have such a presence online again that I went to try on the suit. And there was so much communication back and forth. Like, she got my measurements. Um we could make tweaks to the bathing suit if there was something that was like, you know, if there's more fabric here than needed or I need a little bit more. It was like, there was so much communication that when I showed up, I just like felt like I knew you already. You're like, hey, go upstairs, try on your bathing suit. I was like, okay, yeah. I just like felt like I was at a friend's house and I was like, perfect. Yeah, this mm-hmm. works. This feels amazing. Mm-hmm. And I have several bathing suits now and it's it's so hard to go online. Like I'll never go online and like buy a, a 
bathing suit from AliExpress. I know where I'm getting this and I love to support people in the community. I love to support friends. That's really important mm-hmm. to me. Um, it's, it's just important to show up for people and yeah. continue to, you know, help you thrive. Yeah. And, and I love, love having like supporting back as well. Like anytime any one of my customers has any kind of business or whatever, like here we're doing this podcast. Yes. I'm your guinea pig. This is our first or your first in-person. First in-person. Recording. And yeah. I just love to to be able to support you back. I love it. And I, I just, I love that. I think it's so important. And that's how we grow and that's how we stay connected. And that's how you should be with your friends. You should support them and you should, yes. you know, pay for their products yes. and, you know, help them out and promote them. It doesn't, even if you have no money, it doesn't cost anything to share or to like, mm-hmm. or, you know, subscribe to what they're offering. I just, I, I love that. I think that that's how communities grow authentically. So. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Preach. <laughs> I wanted to also ask you about your ADHD. Cause I also have ADHD. <laughs> ADHD fam. You know, it's so funny. Um, once I found out I had ADHD, like just you just find all these people who have ADHD. I know they're I've everywhere. I've never met so many people with ADHD in my life. <laughs> We're everywhere. Yeah. Which like and I don't see ADHD at all as a like I don't see it as a flaw or a disorder. I I really truly believe it's just a a wiring of the brain that is just another another option humans have when they're born. And yeah, so it's just, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I'm sure it had some important um, properties and uh, there was some importance to the way that we operate in other times in history. And now it's just the way that our, our society is set up that we feel like it's a problem or we are trying to catch up or we're just like not on the same baseline as everybody else. Mm-hmm. Have you found that it has uh, impacted your work in any way or like how has discovering your ADHD helped you? Uh, it's helped a lot through, um, like I've worked with a therapist through it to kind of discover what works for me and talking to them about it. And we've found for me that I need a balance of structure and freedom for me to operate at an optimal level. Oh my God, that sounds like something <laughs> that I need right now. Uh, structure. Yeah. But so, freedom. Yeah. Yeah. And something that I, I was struggling with in, in January, for example, I had too much freedom. I was just doing Georgie Apparel. <laughs> You're speaking to me right now. <laughs> and and I was just not productive. And once I got this job with the charity, so I work, I negotiated with them Monday to Thursday because I needed to have that freedom of having Fridays. I needed to have something that could be flexible. Yes. And I also made an agreement that if I have something for my business come up on a Wednesday, then I take the Wednesday off and work the Friday. And they're flexible with you yes. for that. That's amazing. Oh right? My God. More businesses, please. <sighs> and that I know that's tough for them, but yes. Uh, and it just it's just working so, so great to that's have awesome. that. And I don't feel 
restricted and I feel like I'm really operating at an optimal level right now. Yeah, absolutely. In terms of ADHD and I guess, I guess everyone probably has this (laughs) kind of optimal area that they work the best in. Some people need more structure or less structure or whatever. Um, I'm like you, I need a balance of both. I definitely, definitely need my freedom. Otherwise I feel like I'm Rapunzel and I feel like I'm stuck. And if I have free reign, then I really will take it and I will just sit in there yeah. and like, and then I'm like, <laughs> yeah, hours exactly. have gone by and I'm like, I have not been, pro- I've been doing a lot of stuff. I, I have filled the day with stuff, but I'm like, what did I actually complete mm-hmm. today? Like, do I have anything to complete that, that shows I'm getting ahead? So. Yeah. And, and I've heard kind of in the ADHD community that there's something that's, I don't know what the term is, but you kind of get, um, like a paralysis. Like, yeah, paralysis, exactly. Like, for example, in the free time days, uh, I'd have, a let's say, a doctor's appointment at 3 p.m. I literally could not do anything until 3 p.m. I have heard this. This is like a big thing Why? that I've heard <laughs> online. I don't it doesn't know. make any sense. Because like now, I like, for example, today, I went to the gym at 5 a.m. I went to work and now I'm here. And I'm going to go get something to eat. Like, look at all the things I'm doing now. It's all that structure. It's all that structure included. And sometimes I think that's a good thing for a lot of people. I think structure people can really thrive in. It's like, okay, I have to accomplish these things. And otherwise it's like, you're kind of aimless. If you have like this container to work within, you're like, okay, Mm -hmm. I can, you know, I have an hour here to do what I want or I have three hours in the evening or whatever it is in my day to like be free, but I've got these things to accomplish. And then at the end of the day, you're at the end of the day, you're like, I've accomplished all these things and I have been successful. I've accomplished today. I feel good about today. Yeah. And not you, every day will be like that, but. Yeah. And then you get that like hit of dopamine that's really yes. important for ADHD brains to. Well, if you have structure, it's like a dopamine <laughs> oh, right. hit every time you complete a task. You're like, yes, yes, yes. I'm hitting the mark. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I definitely feel into that. And also how do you like with your ADHD, are you a highly sensitive person like I am? Mm. I think receiving and giving feedback is a huge soft spot for me and I've worked so hard at it and I've gotten um I've had a lot of hard conversations about it like even my university teachers which is awesome that they cared so much to sit me down and tell me that I had a problem with receiving feedback (laughs) (laughs) so like thanks for thanks for sharing that yeah instead of just like being like oh whatever and like not letting me know and then I wouldn't be able to work on it and yeah. that's what's so great about feedback yeah absolutely you, you, if somebody you doesn't know. say anything then you'll never know like and that's you know how I'm trying to approach it all the time now like please tell me your feedback doesn't matter negative it's still positive. gonna hurt but I'm gonna take it and I'm going to do something with it it'll help me grow yeah and sometimes I do I get that like maybe I'll have like an hour after I get the news and I'll be like really disappointed or like I'll go into bed and like, you know, be a, have a sad nap. Yeah. Have a sad nap. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> For anybody else who hasn't had a sad nap, I've definitely had them. Yeah. So I'll have my sad nap down. and then I'll, I'll, I'll get out of bed and I'm like, all right, let's do this. And yeah. Then, and then I get the thing done and now I've leveled up my game. Yeah, absolutely. But it's definitely like a sensitive spot. Yes. Yes. I get that. (laughs) I totally, completely understand. Mm -hmm. And I feel the same way when it comes to feedback. I'm immediately 
I'm afraid to get criticism, Mm. but at the same time, when I get it, I can collect the important information from that and make, you know, things in my life better. Yeah. And then also giving feedback. I'm always just in this mindset in previous jobs, having to let people go or having Mm. to, um, give people, uh, constructive criticism or feedback, the shit sandwich, (laughs) you're doing good, here's what needs to improve, but you're doing really great here. I think that's why I like to use a lot of emojis. Yeah. And like, (laughs) smile. lots of reassuring. Yeah, yeah. Like with my partner, I'll be like, um, I don't know what's something that I can say. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I don't know, like, like, let's make an example, like dishes or something like, don't, hey, it'd be great if you don't pile all the dishes in both sides of the sink because then we can't use any, any part of the sink because it's just full of dishes. I love you so much. I hope you're having a great day. Smile, smile, smile. <laughs> so you're the, the thing is, you're not like saying it really mean. You're like not attacking them. Yeah, I'm not attacking, but oh. That, that was not supposed to happen. <laughs> yeah, so I'm not, yeah. I don't want anyone to feel bad with the feedback. I want to give it so that I don't harbor anger and we both have yes. a negative experience in general. I'm like just holding on to things. I'm like, I need to share this with somebody, but I can't because I feel like I'm being mean and like I'm assuming I'm putting my sensitivities on them, like as if they're going to take my feedback and feel the same way that I would with that feedback. But I'm like, it, it needs to be said. It's bothering me. This person needs to grow and learn. Yeah. And we've all had those experiences. But yeah, I, I too have mm-hmm. a hard time giving it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Another sensitive area is like uh, talking over text. Like some people, the way that they write online, especially boomers, they use a lot of dots. And it Oh, always- yeah, the dot, dot, dots. I think we've, I feel like we've talked about this before with the dots. Um, oh my God. That so like or K mom. receiving like just like a K oh, response. Yeah. yeah. It's not even okay. Yeah. Okay. It's just K. Mm-hmm. I'm like, damn, you're mad at me. Like you're really angry. Yeah. And that's where I'm, I'm sensitive. Cause I'm like, oh my God. Like, are they, do they like me? Are they mad at me? Did I do something? <laughs> they just absolutely hate us. <laughs> I can feel it through the text. And really they're just like so nonchalant. They're just like, yeah. I'm just like trying yeah. to be quick here. I don't want to type yeah. full paragraphs yeah. like my, to you. My boss will be like, call me right now. Oh my God. Like, the stress. What? what did I do? Who's and it's dead? always like, can you check my calendar? I think Bob is blah, 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 blah. And oh, I'm like, my oh my God. God. <laughs> You're like, seriously, did you actually need to give me a heart attack for that? Yeah. That's why I need to call you? Oh my God. Or like when someone's like, hey, and they'll just send hey. And I'm like, hey. And then they won't respond for like two hours. And I'm like, now I'm sitting what here wondering this? what this. It's like it's like the same feeling of like, like we need this. to we need to talk. <laughs> yeah, like what's the hay for? So, I want to ask you this question: with the sort of buzzwords like body positivity movements and body inclusivity, which I think is probably uh, another spin on that, but sounds a little bit more inclusive for people's emotions and feelings because we don't always feel positive about our body. Do you like having those labels and do you include them as part of your brand? And is that important to you? I think body positivity is, is part of the experience, but it's not the whole experience because we can't be positive all the time. And the most important part is to have compassion 
for yourself and hold space for yourself and and allow yourself to have those moments of self-doubt but remember that you are capable of being your confident self and you're just having you know a moment yeah absolutely it's like this is my body this is my vehicle this is what I have to use to get around and so treat it kindly and yeah and it's it's always changing like especially mine in the last couple years I've had a lot of changes in my my weight and um like that <laughs> and it's it it's just about you know always holding that compassion for yourself all the way along the journey doesn't matter what you're going through or what size you are or whatever it's just like I'm allowed to feel this feeling and it will pass and then I can move on and keep going with my my journey and keep moving forward absolutely have you found that um a lot of the people that you have created custom suits for um, have come to you and been thankful for the inclusive um, availability of bathing suits and swimwear. Has that been something that's come up? Because you offer, I think, sizes from... Um, XXS, extra, extra small to six XL. Okay. Yeah. Not all the suits um, are meant to be. Yeah. Not all the styles are meant to be this way or that way. Yeah. Um, but that's another conversation. <laughs> right. And that's like why you have people, if they're looking for custom suits or the the amazing part about being custom is that they can go online and they can, it's all handmade by you. They can connect with you mm-hmm. and discuss with you what their goals are for their, for their swimwear and their size and measurements mm-hmm. and, and you can collaborate and, and help them along in the process. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and I definitely, the best feedback that I get is people telling me like, I this is the first thong bikini I've had the confidence to wear or yes. first bikini in general, or I haven't worn a swimsuit in general for years. Like I've had so many of these comments and even just uh, in this three year, now we're at three years and just even seeing our mutual friend, Alicia. Yes. At her first meetup to our, our most recent meetup, like the the confidence and the, like, even the photographers were like, wow, she has like star quality, you know? Like, I know she's like a model. Like she's just totally owns it. Yeah. And, 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 and she I, looks amazing. Yeah. Not only am I getting word feedback, verbal feedback, but I, I see it. Like yeah, I see, you see, the, people's see it growth. happening. Yeah. Like that is just, that's just wild. I love that. Oh my I God. Love I love that as well. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, my last question for you is about the future of the brand. I know you do swimmer right now. What is your goal for the future and what is your mission? And I know these are like bigger questions, but what do you see for yourself in the future for, for, Georgie Perro. Um, the most important thing is to keep it custom swimwear. So that means that it's basically impossible to get it manufactured. That's just not going to happen. It's no just overseas, not an option. Nothing out of Vancouver. Like it has to stay here and it has to be a small team so that it, it can stay custom. And one kind of idea that I've been playing with is if I can get 
the men's line going, which I've been wanting to do for years. I know some of you guys are still waiting to model for me. <laughs> and to have someone, just one person dedicated to the men's line and continuing to spread the, the you know, body positive and... Um, Body inclusive, body men, inclusive. women, trans folks, anybody, anybody with a body. Yeah, anybody with a body. Like, I just want to spread the happiness and the joy of, like, loving yourself at any stage that you're at. And, yeah, I definitely want to do the men's line and and some maybe some gender neutral, like a gender neutral line. Cool. Uh, I have some people that I can explore those things with. I just, it's just hard when you're a one woman show. So if I can build a small team, you know, let's say in five years, I've got a team of five or six and we have a little studio somewhere and people can come in and, and have their alterations done or their suits done or their try-ons. Like, like I would love to have a studio that's got like, funky decor that's like super instagrammable or whatever the social media is at the time yeah absolutely and and have them have like pre-made suits there that they can try on and be like okay i like this style but let's make the scoop lower or this higher or yeah or this like this or whatever like whatever they want to do and and to have that like in-store experience and this like, like tangible yeah. experience where you can go and try it on yeah I, that's just that's always been the dream is to have something like that and like the 10-year goal would be like uh like Moana Bikini they've they've done these events where they they pay for like uh do they pay I don't know if they pay for it but people like they have like an event like everyone meet at the beach with your Moana Bikini at this time and it's just like this massive crowd of women that show up and wow. or like or like they'll have a everyone like I think the last one was they gave a free bikini to the first two hundred people that came, and it was just like a wild lineup all across the beach. Amazing, and just things like that. I don't like I'll do my own thing, of course, and my own style. But yeah. just to have that community like, of people that yeah, show up for and, your brand, and then also also be able to, you know, take some select models and fly them all to to Bora Bora and do a photo shoot, you know, like I want to have the ability to, to give that experience to models or, or maybe it's some, some lucky customer winners or like whatever it is. Yeah. Like that would be like just wild and amazing and best photographers and videographers and boat trips and Uh, yeah. Be out in the Maldives, be out in the water, be in the Caribbean. Mm, That would be amazing. Vacation. So stick around. (laughs) Keep watching. Because that may be you someday. Thank you so much for for having me. For sharing. And I've loved every minute. Where can people find you? You can shop for custom swimwear directly from my store, georgie.ca, J-O-R-G-I-E.ca. And you can build your swimsuit from drop-down menus on the website, or you can book a consultation with me online and we'll chat about it. I love it. Well, thank you so much Thanks again. Thanks for having me. Yes. You guys like and subscribe. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> like thank you so subscribe. much. We will catch you in the next episode. Bye for now.